secrets of my soy boy success. Holla! Resist this Christian right nation. Thank you very much. Soy dogs get lost. Not interested. They possess zero snap. Never looking healthy. Resembling flaccid impotent to me. As if Megan McCain was playing truth or dare and was dared to flash her new belly button earring in the 10th grade for more than 10 Mississippi. Holla! Delicious daddy. Thank you very much! I don't care if you microwave soy dogs in a wet paper towel for one minute or throw them on the grill. The save points on Weight Watchers aren't worth the taste of boundless, zero thrills, yuckiness throughout. Especially when you would rather eat leftover Cheeto crumbs in Megan McCain's belly button after John McCain triple dated to do it on her birthday. Holla, delicious daddy. Thank you very much. Plus soy dogs on the grill. Burn faster than Hitler's desire to annihilate whenever his old school herpes sores pierce through his precious, half-formed, culturally appropriated Charlie Chaplin stash. Again, ha! Charlie Chaplin lives. Thank you very much. When the best thing you could say about a soy dog is, I like the ketchup on it because if I ever needed a palate cleanser to erase the depressingly dreary, doughy, middle-aged malaise I'm trying to desperately avoid in my life right now to force myself to eat this rubbery, fake news conjuring hot dog. It's now. Holla! Bourdain lives. Thank you very much! But soy dogs aren't reflective of the flavorful absorption potential of soy either. Nor do soggy soy dog links compare to the scrumptious splendidness of Morning Star's soy nuggets, which got me into adopting more soy-based meals into my diet. I even put my sales hat on in Morning Star's honor and sold the shit out of their soy-based frozen products in my mock advertising portfolio for junior copywriter roles after my daughter was born. They got me nowhere in life. <laughs> when my stay-at-home comedian journey began, such as Morning Star Nuggets, so good, you'll eat the crumbs. Holla! Don Draper and Dice had a baby. I can't take no more. Holla! Delicious daddy. Thank you very much. At the same time, Morningstar Chicken Nuggets. I also built this the best piece you never had. Holla! Robert Schimmel lives. Thank you very much. My favorite print out of my portfolio was reserved for breaded Morningstar Burgers, like Boca Burgers, fuss-free, plus guilt-free, plus mess-free, equals zero regrets. Ha! David Ogilvie, I fucked them! Oh! Madison Avenue lives in Croton Falls, motherfucker. Thank you very much! Soy Dogs, we're a long-distant memory now, offering less tintillated thrills than Hello Kitty trying to lip-sync Surrender by Cheap Trick 
for Karaoke Critter Appreciation Night. Mass only. Holla! Fuck China. Chinese made fentanyl. Has killed more crackers in our country than Taylor Swift kicking it with Lena Dunham on Instagram. Booyah, tribe! John Stewart, take fucking notes already. Thank you very much. There's a vegetarian restaurant by NYU, most likely closed now, called Bamboo, which does tantalizing recreationist wonder with soy, especially in the form of fried chicken replication. Somehow magically transforming soy into real deal, whole field tasting fried chicken. Compelling even Iron Mike back in the day to chew off more than a nibble. Passing the bad boy, soy boy test in my book every time. Holla! For old school sports references that Gen X dads understand. Thank you very much. Again, guilt free plus fuss free plus mess free equals zero regrets. Especially when A, you get to devour huge mounds of protein rich soy based fried chicken. I feel like a lazy brain, fast food junkie. Well, B, don't have to concern yourself with breading anything or worry about concentrated shots of estrogen in these soy-based fried chicken. Knowing your nine-year-old daughter is nothing to bear upstairs just yet, especially if she uh, takes after mommy on top. Holla! Because if my daughter feels out like mommy, chances are she won't become another busty beauty like Jennifer Tilly, Chucky Lives. Holla! Thank you very much! And see, it's impossible to regret ordering soy-based fried chicken when it tastes like an airy light version of the real thing. Especially knowing that a block of soy was never a living, breathing, claustrophobic, nerve-damaged chicken who died of a heart attack the time Pedro Martinez showed it a cock. Fighting fight on YouTube to see if Chicken Little was ready to fight up a weight class after he promised to pump her up with chicken liver schmaltz hormones with his signature breaking ball speed. Holla! Fenway lives. Thank you very much! I got my two boys into soy dogs for a bit before I introduced them to the highly superior Hebrew National Jumbo Dogs. And hey, resist their nation, the squad, Babyface Omar, gonna work it out! When Trumpy Poo was in office and he supported our move of our embassy to Jerusalem, that does not make him a white supremacist. Tactically speaking, that makes him a Hebrew nationalist. Ha! Thank you very much! Again, I got my two boys into soy dogs for a millisecond before I introduced them to the vastly superior, always scrumptious Hebrew national jumbo dogs draped with spicy brown mustard whenever we ran out of ketchup again because I plopped out every last drop to make soy dogs still eaten by my daughter on occasion. Edible, tolerable from start to finish. Edible, tolerable, delicious daddy. Hell of a lot more than edible, tolerable, which is how I describe 99% of stand up comedy today, John Oliver included.
resist this bean breath tonight. Thank you very much. Last night, I decided to slay Tofu the Terrible again and make my best batch of Golden Child. I want the knife. Eddie lives. Tofu Peters made in a yummy barbecue sauce consisting of fried sweet red peppers. Always the best. And red onions. Promoting my daughter to declare, Daddy, I want the recipe for your golden child, Tofu Peters. Eddie Murphy lives. Through a random yet non-direct quote from the golden child, which is, once again, I want the knife. What Gen X dads understand. Holla! Old school Eddie rocks. Thank you very much! First, you must dehydrate the soy. Wrapped in paper towels to soak up all the water. Weight loss. From a hilly 45-minute Peloton ride through a no-go zone in Germany. Then, you must cut semi-substantial squares of dehydrated soy to fry up in vegetable oil on a high flame. Only be a tad fussy about using thongs to flip over each golden child cube of glistening perfection over individually to ensure the golden brown crackling crust or else the soy cubes resemble deflated smushed pieces of torn up airplane pillows or Rebel Wilson's tits or whatever remain of them these days. Holla! Thank you very much! But make sure to caramelize the red peppers and red onions separate first before mixing it with the too cool for school golden child cubes which you must splash with soy sauce throughout to give it a much needed salty funky kick throughout if you don't want the bubbly soy pieces to taste like chewy flavorless soy gum either adopting soy into your diet won't be a life-changing event but you'll be amazed at soybeans potential for recreationist splendor where the thought of soggy soft day afternoons fade faster than daddy next time his kids try to show him what lunch they're making for hello kitty on their amazon fire tablets next holla for hello kitty being a perpetual boring asexual sourpuss Throughout every generation. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> Never forget. Guilt-free plus fuss-free plus mess-free equals zero regrets. My seven-year-old son caught a kid in his class cheating off his math quiz at school. But my son isn't Chinese. So if my son takes after me, after all, turns out I'm not as mathematically challenged as I think, despite the fact that I still have to count my fingers for simple arithmetic, which is why I call myself a degenerate Jew for a reason. Ha! Delicious daddy. Thank you very much. Mind of an egg and cheese. Man. Being a native New Yorker, I always detested the pots in front of me who had a roll with butter at the deli. It was always hard to restrain myself from yelling. A roll with butter? Yeah, that order never went out of style. Then again, that order never had a style. Ha! Holla! Miles Davis lives. Thank you very much! <laughs> My attitude is either 
order an egg and cheese at the deli or not. Although, I still got grief at the deli pre-COVID. Whenever I'd order an egg and cheese, not specifying the inclusion of a crispy, crackling bacon or not, before I became a full-time practicing coach-tearing comedian, deli guy asks, with bemused matter-of-fact disgust, that's it? Just an egg and cheese? No bacon? I snap back with, with equal match, pissed off, ball-busting fury. Yeah, egg and cheese only. It's my go-to hangover order of choice. Not manly enough for you. Dominic, I ain't no fag. Scalante, holla! Jackie Mason lives, running on shtick till the end of time. And I feel fine! Holla! Delicious daddy, thank you very much! And why don't Italian guidos get credit for being the original metrosexuals of their day? My people, the Jews, didn't keep tanning beds or us in business throughout the 80s and 90s, nor did we dare spike our hair and pink polos, and candy necklaces on spring break in Cancun until Guido Nation made a popular first. 80s Guido's Italians ruled the fashion scene back in the day. Even tough guys sounding Italian Jews like Andrew Dice Clay would pronounce in the 80s, loud and proud in front of a sold-out Madison Square Garden. And it went door! I fucked her! Oh! Who cares? If she looks like an albino E.T. in a wig and Stella McCartney shit. Oh, I can't take no more. Holla. Dice rules. Thank you very much. The everlasting allure of delis for New Yorkers isn't the random mishmash salad bar unless you're a colorless, hipless research analyst for J.P. Morgan Chase who's never passed out on the couch without brushing her teeth first. New Yorkers, native or adopted, don't love the bodegas or delis for their normally bland, too chunky, mayo-soaked chicken cutlet and a Dale Kaiser roll either. New Yorkers love their delis and bodegas. New York lingo for 24-7, open, de-gentrified delis in reverse because of the revered, never taken for granted egg and cheese order without having to specify roll ever or a sandwich unless you want to be a totally tubby bitch. And overcompensate for not eating bacon anymore. And ask the pretty chesty Italian deli owner in Dutchess County, who matches your flirty gaze every time, to make your, dare I say, egg and cheese sandwich on a sesame loaded hero roll with two specified slices of American cheese, salt and pepper, no ketchup, put some hot sauce on top, and I'm in heaven, inhaling with ravenous delight in my car two seconds later. I'd won with this ingenious breakfast start me up creation, wanting to. Shave with it. If I still shave on a regular basis, feeling its presence nearer as we press cheek to cheek. Irving Berlin lives. Holla! Thank you very much! Last night, I spotted a leftover brioche roll and decided to make my daughter an egg and cheese sandwich this morning to earn her respect and appreciation for the holiest of holiest New York institutions. No, not UCB or the People's Improv Theater, but a bomb egg and cheese, which makes commuting to the city a tad more tolerable and exciting. Despite Manhattan being deader these days than Kirk Cobain shot and still winning Father of the Year. Nirvana killed hair metal, dude. No, it didn't. AIDS did. Holla! Hair metal comedian lives. Thank you very much. Post-COVID or not, not every major retail institution in Manhattan was bound to go under sooner or later. 
such as Century 21 by Ground Zero. Still can't call it the Freedom Tower, Memorial Square Park, sorry. But it would get fucking super weird fast. All the delis and bodegas in New York started dropping like flies. New York City running out of delis and bodegas ordering egg and cheese is like McDonald's running out of soda or BLM running out of excuses to riot or commit more hate crimes like killing happy spewing Asian sex workers in Atlanta because white supremacy turned our cities into safe space sanctuaries for thug lives matter most. Got it. Deal Hewley, sucking a long time. Thank you very much. Understand, I've already guided my two boys into the egg and cheese. Yeah, my daughter has been less enthralled because my versions have been too eggy for a taste. So this morning, I became determined to win my daughter over with the everlasting allure of the scrumptious, cheesy Mac Daddy egg and cheese. The egg and cheese is so New York weird Al Yankovic would have given it a plug in his eat it video if he didn't grow up in Downey, California. We only breakfast grub options are breakfast burritos, which don't tumble onto your plate in an avalanche of disorganized schmutz if you're lucky. And good luck finding a deli or bodega of any kind in LA. Makes an egg and cheese pass last call at a hard one in the land of blue balls, strained dreams. Sure, I go five hours to be seated at an airy, sunny brunch spot around guys twice as good looking as me who never struggled to fit into a size 34 in their life, only to blow 15 bucks on an egg and cheese or freaking arugula, spicy mayo, more Italian fantina. An extra thick-cut Berkshire bacon, but I'm not a working actor in SAG or a sitcom-staffed TV writer in the WGA either just yet because I don't write my goals down. <laughs> so that fantasy equipped the personal trainer to help me slip into a pair of semi-tight gray jeans, third for a waist, for color stand-up sets. The improv on Melrose isn't happening tomorrow for me either. Three unplanned kids later because I never managed the art of the pump fake. Holla! And... Honestly, how outside of fucking Texas, how many comedy clubs are actually open in LA these days? <laughs> Imagine Dave Chappelle drop by the comedy store in Sunset, scan the crowd for a second, and blurt out, I've been selling out the Apollo since I was 19. What's this 50% capacity shit? Who do you think I am? Cedric the Entertainer? Holla! Chappelle lives. Thank you very much! The egg and cheese is a New York institution. Like 24-hour Greek diners. Frequented by your little Greek landlord. And pickup street ball games. Again, New York institutions. Where the brothers call fake news fouls. Only against less athletic white boys when the game is on the line. <laughs> in short, I'd fail as a proud New Yorker dad. For my daughter give up in the egg and cheese so soon. It would be worse than me letting her tune out Nasty Nas on Elmatic. His five-star masterpiece. According to the source, the hip-hop Rolling Stone, after the album starts a tad snoozier slow than you recall, like the start of Spies Like Us, despite those killer rhymes being tougher than dice. Holla! Nas lives. Queens represent. Queens Bridge! Ron Artest lives too. Thank you very much! In the end, I fried up an American cheese omelet in a nonstick pan, always the best, plopped it between a fried up brioche roll and butter, in that same pan with some semi-gorgeous sprinklings of Frank's hot sauce, the training wheels of hot sauce on top, and bada bang! And my work was done. Emerald lives. Ha! My daughter was sold on the rock steady allure of the greasy, bustling New York institution. Classic egg and cheese. Ha! Egg and cheese. 
merchant institutions in the forms of last-standing delis and bodegas in New York City. My city, Walt Whitman lives, who come in all colors and sizes, will never die like the Goonies, unless they do some shitty remake with Juno playing the lead for the sake of flashing her pepperoni-sized nipples. Holla! Juno, I loved you in the movie, and I'm happy with your development. I just I can't get into the pepperoni nipples. I'm not even into pepperoni nipples on Busty Italian Girls that I could come in easily with like five condoms on. Holla! Thank you very much. Fussy about fungi. Holla! For letting it rip. Delicious daddy in the house. Holla! Thank you very much. Growing up, my mom's kosher chicken cutlets only got interesting whenever she'd throw some sautéed white mushrooms and garlic and parsley on top. These weren't meaty mushrooms such as the mighty meaty portobello, substantially chewy, scrumptious shiitake mushrooms, or delectable geisha light all over your back massage oyster mushrooms either. <laughs> Whatever mushrooms they sold at AMP in the 80s and early 90s got the job done. Blue cheese on burgers wasn't a thing yet. Lamb burgers, forget about it. Back then, you were lucky to find a deli who made sandwiches with barely defrosted iceberg lettuce. You didn't ship a tooth on, which looked more Bill Burr white than sickly discolored green whenever his dad threw on the Golden Gloves for St. Patrick's Day again. For Hanukkah, my mother always made her specialty stuffed, baked, destemmed Baby Bella Bomb Mushroom Appetizer with a delicious garlic parsley breadcrumb concoction with some cream cheese mixed in between to keep it chewy enough, which helped counterbalance the Mariah Carey Christmas songs at full blast on constant rotation before Derek Jeter broke into her star-studded snatch before Puff blew it up beyond... Recognizable repair. Holla! Thank you very much! So I was bound to try recreating some magic mushroom love on my own someday. I'd be a tad less gun shy about munching down on some magic mushrooms, tripping caps in college eventually. My senior year in high school, I'd order an occasional mushroom slice for lunch too. So I wasn't fussy about eating the psychedelic dry woodsy dried cap straight up with no chaser either. Illmatic lives. I didn't ask my boarding school burnout bud, Gladhill, at the time to place the magic tripping caps in a warmed-up spinach wrap with some arugula and goat cheese to fend off any anxiety-consumed panic attack from eating the cow shit, birth mushrooms by themselves alone. All alone. Heart lives. Holla! Thank you very much! But my first brush with mushroom madness wasn't from getting an Uncontrollable case of the giggles my freshman year in college around my deadhead crew in a dorm room the size of Hunter Biden's slow day stash closet. Nor did I experience uncontrollable mushroom madness from filling up a sequoia tree in the valley on some magic caps and the most sensual love thy tree like your hot neighbor with the big sunspot tits way feeling God's vibrating presence from within before I receive a call my pre-smartphone for my tripping roommate in the park in here. That light piercing through the back of your head isn't God. It's the police. Pull up your pants. We're out of here. No. I had to make my own first batch of stuffed portobello mushrooms with spinach, 
peeled Roma tomatoes and Fontina cheese to experience my first brush of mushroom madness because I felt like I was eating a dirt sandwich from a health food store in the 70s that would be included in an Albert Brooks movie as I muttered to myself, isn't Fontina cheese high in cholesterol? And how do you live with yourself? Charging sky-high prices for an overseas melting cheese not included in the fondue set I got as a housewarming gift from Penny Marshall after Lost in America became a smash success. That's how I got to cast Gary Marshall as the pit boss in Lost in America. You don't know who Gary Marshall is? Don't worry about it. All you need to know is there's no business like show business. The problem was, I forgot to wipe the dirt off my mushroom caps from the nearby farmer's market. And I didn't have a personal shaman with an open third eye to point out my obvious oversight. Till then, I never knew what dirt actually tasted like because I had neck surgery at two. My parents shielded me from high contact sports like football. So I had no idea what a face full of dirt tasted like until I bit through my portobello sandwich, which turned me off from trying to unearth Portobello magic for almost a whole decade on the backyard cold grill when I used to make uh, sandwiches with goat cheese with bitter greens on a ciabatta roll on top instead. I felt so dirty after crunching on multiple bites of actual speck dirt. I felt like I was caught pleasuring myself to shemail stamp ads in the LA Weekly behind a garbage dump off of Santa Monica Boulevard in broad daylight on a Tuesday at a hard 11 a.m. <laughs> As the smell of musky ball sack permeated throughout Boys Town Air. Andy Dick lives. Holla! Thank you very much! <laughs> the last time I experienced mushroom madness on this infuriatingly dejected level was this past Sunday after I made the decision to give my kids a brush with mushroom magic by making them a Moosewood classic. Moosewood being a famous vegetarian restaurant and prolific cookbook publisher in Ithaca, New York. I transferred to Ithaca College my junior year because I outgrew tripping on mushrooms and feeling up trees in my spare time for the time being. <laughs> uh, still, I hate to be married to any script unless I wrote it, of course. But even then, I like to mix things up and make things less dronishly climax-free predictable. So I decided to dice up the cleaned stuffed portobellos, brush with a mix of sesame and tamari sauce, which is a thicker yet slightly watered-down soy sauce. Think John Cho from Harold and Schumar. Go to White Castle. Those same stuffed mini UFO-sized portable mushrooms are also filled with a combo of high-end peanut butter called Smooth Operator, an old-school peanut butter shop in the West Village, ginger, diced up red peppers, and dehydrated firm soy. Although the funky fresh umami, umami twist was mixing the bomb supreme magically flavorful fungi with some buckwheat soba noodles which all three of my kids slurped up with instant glee. Me taking two plus hours to make the entire dish helped my kids factor readiness factor to attack the dish as we listened to Too Fast for Love on vinyl from Motley Crue from start to finish. Before Mama got home from work later that evening, after working in lactation, playing the role of unofficial boob doctor, whisperer consultant all day long, which made me feel like a narcissist because back then, all I checked for all day was for wheat tweets. Along the way, I tapped into my age of innocence with renewed fervor and played an inspired air guitar version of Too Fast for Love, 
with our broomstick. Hailing, Molly Cruz guitar, Slayer genius, Mick Mars as the Freddy Krueger of shredding. Who I need to write an article about one day in hopes of selling it to fucking Pitchfork, Guitar World, or just posting another non-billable blog post such as shredding, hacking, hair metal, cliches, <laughs> anything but bearing the brutal thought of not letting the world know more about the most melodic, ferocious, heart-thumping, power-punk pop record ever put on wax by the four hair metal horsemen, Too Fast for Love, which is the heavy metal version of Exile on Main Street by the Stones. When Mick Mars, the oldest band member of his crew, made the guitar sound like a fucking buzzsaw, shredding those strings to shreds as if his child support payments from his first marriage and his late 20s depended on it. Now, I'm not comparing my leisurely recreation of some Sunday slow mushroom magic to McMars playing with his back against the wall on Molly Cruz Too Fast for Love, although paying child support felt like an incoming imminent reality later that evening after I flipped out of my wife for pointing out how food is great, but the kitchen needs cleaning. Words of wisdom, ladies. <laughs> when your husband bangs out another all-star dinner after looking at the kids all weekend, <laughs> for like six years in a row, <laughs> no virtual grandparents in sight, resist the urge to minimize the specialness of the meal by immediately treating him like the fucking hired help. <laughs> Next time my wife wants to get intimate on e-pills for all time's sake, I'll say, but you haven't gotten me that promised boob job three kids later yet, but I think I'll just feel up our tree in the garden instead. Well, time's sake, you do know you're not the only tree stump humper in this relationship. Holla, delicious daddy. Thank you very much.